Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 72, 200,000 BC. Hi guys, I'm Dan. Uh, it's time for a new era for Fano history. I'm sitting here in my new studio. I hope you notice the audio quality improvement. I am doing quite well at podcasting. In December, I had 189,000 unique listeners to my podcasts. Regrettably, they are not listening to my favorite podcast, this one. I do love history more than I love any other subject that I'm podcasting about. But uh, yes, Brennan quit and uh, we have to uh, regroup. Uh, I don't have the time to do research, but I have received help. So thanks to Shane Sowersby, I do have some scripts for the prehistory uh, dating from 200,000 BC and going forward from there. I have done a series on the Fano History YouTube channel called Timeline World History, but I have decided my original plan was to just use those recordings, but I figured I could do it much better now with this new studio. So I am re-recording all of it, uh, and the episodes are probably quite short. I'm trying to... Uh, uh, get some regularity in the podcast again. I am looking for new co-hosts. So if you feel that you are the one, you will have to do the research. You will have to do the audio editing. Uh, but I will do research too. If that sounds interesting to you, please contact me. Uh, regarding my other podcasts, then, they are all in Swedish, except for Fan of Astronomy, which is a, in kind of the same situation as this podcast is. 
So if you understand Swedish, you should listen to my Swedish podcast. They are Seriemördarpodden, Palmemordet, Massmördarpodden and Hard Nerd Café. And uh, Sagan om isfolket-podden. So what will happen now is that we will spend uh, a couple of episodes talking about 200,000 BC and prehistory. And then I have a script from Shane for the 690s BC, so I will cover that. I will not charge any of these episodes to Patreon, but this podcast is very dependent on Patreon. I have podcasts that generate over thousand two thousand dollars a month and this one is generating eleven dollars right now so if you want to see final history continue i really need your support or advertisers something that can bring in money also another caveat caveat regarding these episodes Uh, i used to do the research i've done the research for all the episodes you've heard except for the history of brennan on Final History, and now we are using Shane's material, and Shane is a native English speaker, which I am not. So you will hear me butcher academic English, you will also hear me butcher a lot of foreign names, there's a lot of Chinese and Mesopotamian stuff that I will butcher, but part of the charm of Final History is my voice, right? Another difference is that I now have a script word for word so i will be reading much more closely to the script than i have been doing before i hope you don't mind that i am always willing to improve the podcast if you have any suggestions let me know but the problem now is uh, finding time for research without uh, yeah being able to finance it so i do have this finished scripts and they will be at least six episodes possibly as many as 15 Okay then, let me take you to the world of 200,000 BC. So welcome to this new series that tells the story of us from our earliest ancestors to the present day. This will incorporate a journey through the ages, covering the simple hunter-gathering societies, birth of agriculture through to the first towns and cities kingdoms, empires, wars, and so on. We'll also be covering art, philosophy, religion, architecture, science, and literature. So if you're ready, fasten your seatbelts, as this is going to be a long and bumpy ride. Time machine is set, and off we go! 200,000 BC to 60,000 BC. We are in the middle of the Paleolithic the Old Stone Age. Homo erectus, who had come out of Africa 1.6 million years ago to migrate into Europe and Asia, was still thriving in China and parts of Southeast Asia. In Europe and Western Asia, Neanderthals had emerged 350,000 years ago from their ancestor Homo heidelbergensis. But in Africa, things were about to change, and another offshoot of Homo heidelbergensis was about to emerge into the prehistoric record in Eastern Africa. This is Homo sapiens sapiens, anatomically modern humans, and now we have news. This just came in right before I was going to record this, but uh, there is a sign that Homo sapiens sapiens existed before 200,000 BC, but I'll take that at the end of the episode. So I will stick to the original script here and then correct myself at the end. This is all very, very new. But okay, back to the script. 
The earliest date for anatomically modern humans is believed to be somewhere, or used to be believed to be somewhere, in the region of approximately 160,000 to 200,000 years ago. Known as mitochondrial Eve, after the membrane found in most cells and the biblical Eve, this woman, according to researchers, was the common female ancestor of all humans living in the world today. This theory suggests that there is an unbroken line on the female side, passing through mothers and mothers until they all converge into one particular person. This one person is the ancestor of all humans alive today. Uh, this DNA in every living person is descended from that one female ancestor, only differing by mutation, for example, skin color. This theory is not without criticism. Some geneticists have stated that the method is flawed and claim that the interpretation was dubious, some even believing that this did not support the hypothesis, hypothesis of an African origin for all humanity or support the recent replacement of humans coming out of Africa. However, even though dates f differ for mitochondrial Eve from 200,000 to 99,000 years ago, DNA tests have concluded that the out-of-Africa hypothesis is accurate, as we shall see later on. For actual physical evidence of the earliest Homo sapiens, we need to travel to the banks of the Omo River in southwestern Ethiopia, between 1967 and 1974, hominid bones were discovered and recovered by Richard Leakey and colleagues from the Kenyan National Museum at Omogibish in Omo National Park. Known as Omo 1 and Omo 2, the bones consisted of two partial skulls, four jaws, a leg bone, 200 teeth and several other bones. Omo 1 remains uh, displayed modern human Omo 1 remains displayed modern human morphology with some primitive features, whereas Omo 2 showed more archaic traits. Previously, they were thought to have dated to 160,000 years ago, but in 2004, a survey of the geological layers around the fossils found that they were dated much earlier to 195,000 years ago, making these remains the oldest known Homo sapiens found anywhere in the world. These Homo sapiens would actually evolve into subspecies that was discovered in 1997 at Hartobori in the middle Avash site of Ethiopia's Afar Triangle. This subspecies, known as Homo sapiens idaltu, consisted of two adult skulls and one of a six-year-old child that had been found shattered into 200 pieces. All three skulls had sign of distinct cut marks that suggested that their flesh had been removed for cannibalistic purposes. On the skulls? So they were like removing face flesh to eat it? That's gross. Okay, continuing with the script. However, because the skulls had been polished, the current theory is that the flesh had been removed more for ritualistic purposes. It is too early to tell. Also found were remains of hippotamus and buffalo, suggesting that these people had a meat-rich diet. So we have found some bones, suggesting some of our ancestors were living in Ethiopia, but they're still not quite ourselves. 
We have now reached the peak of the Eemian stage interglacial, a period of warmer wetter conditions that lasted between 130,000 and 115,000 years ago. The weather was so warm that hippos managed to flourish in Germany and southern England. Imagine that, hippos in southern England. And forests reached the northern reaches of Norway above the Arctic Circle. During this period, some groups of Homo sapiens have migrated southwards to the tip of southern Africa. At the Clasiest River Mouth Caves in South Africa, three main caves and two shelters at the base of a high cliff have revealed evidence. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Middle Paleolithic Associated Human Habitation a 20-meter-thick accumulation of deposits inside and outside the caves proved that these people knew how to hunt small game, gather plants and roots, cook by roasting on hearths, and later fish and manage their land by fire. Other evidence suggested that this site was, not, uh, was only used on a seasonal basis before moving on to other hunting grounds. A dark side to humanity was evidenced by fire-blackened fragments of skulls and other bones discarded with other food remains, which suggested possible evidence like at Hertobori in Ethiopia of cannibals. An extended vet period, known as the Abashia Pluvial, changed the climate of North Africa and lasted from 120,000 to 90,000 years ago. What is now the Sahara Desert was a lush and fertile ground fed by rivers, swamps and lakes, attracting wildlife that would normally be found south of this area today. After this, for the next 40,000 years, the climate became drier and cooler as a result of the start of the last glacial period of the Pleistocene Ice Age. The Saharan River system dried up, as a result of this, with sea levels below modern levels, as a result of which Siberia became linked to Alaska by a land bridge. 
scientists believe that this event was the latest in the series of glacial events from a larger ice age that dated back over 2 million years. This was a period of advancing and retreating glaciers that would last for the remainder of the period that we are covering in this first episode. Due to these drier and cooler conditions, small groups of archaic Homo sapiens, that is us, started to migrate from Africa, either by crossing the Red Sea to Arabia or via the Sinai Peninsula to the Levant. Finds at El Shkul and Kwafse caves in Israel represent the features that tied in with these archaic Homo sapiens rather than the pre-existing Neanderthals that had been around for some time. Known as the Mausterian culture, named after rock shelter found in Dordogne in southern France, small Levallois and other prepared core types of stone tools were found that indicated that we started to use the same techniques that the Neanderthals had been using for thousands of years previously. Whether there was any contact between these two cultures remain debate, remains debatable. But uh, personally, I can't see how Homo sapiens sapiens and Homo sapiens neanderthalis managed to avoid each other. That seems impossible. Anyway, the Mysterian culture was succeeded by the Arterian culture that lasted between 82,000 and 40,000 years ago. Small perforated seashell beds were found at Taforalt in Morocco, which was the earliest evidence of personal adornment found anywhere in the world. Also found were bifacially worked, leaf-shaped and tangled projectile points alongside the earlier Levallois flakes and raclers. This culture would later spread to Egypt by the end of the period. The earlier migration of archaic Homo sapiens from Africa to Arabia and to the Levant became a false start. Though because events in Indonesia would threaten the very existence of our species and this is probably the most traumatic event humankind has experienced. I'm not kidding. It is terrible. An eruption at Mount Toba on the island of Sumatra at approximately 75,000 years ago, ejected 2,800 cubic kilometers of material into the atmosphere, plunging the world into a volcanic winter. Many human groups died out, with estimates suggesting that only thousands of us remained in southern Africa, causing a bottleneck in evolutionary terms. Language and symbolism allowed the remaining groups to exchange resources and information with one another that would make the difference between survival and extinction. And due to this catastrophic event of epic proportions, we are all very closely related to each other. If you look at human DNA, we are way too closely related to each other, proving the point then that only a thousand or a little more humans actually survived this event. So now is the time for anatomically modern humans to come to the scene. Residing in safety in southern Africa, some people believe that this was now the period when, when Y-chromosomal Adam became the patrilineal ancestor of modern-day humans, 
although some scientists suggest that he lived at the same time as mitochondrial Eve 200,000 years ago. Perhaps they were dating, uh, or perhaps not. Despite the discrepancies in regard to chromosomal Adam and whether or not he existed, evidence at Blombos Cave in South Africa shows that we started to produce an increased diversity of bone artifacts, such as the still bay points by facially worked stone points with lance heads, laurel leaf or willow leaf shapes, engraving tools, knife blades and drilling tools. Excavations in the 1990s found sophisticated bone tools, marine shell beds, beads, I mean, <laughs> and a workshop producing 8,000 pieces of engraved or incised red ochre material showing traces of intentional use and processing. These materials were the earliest example of abstract or symbolic art that led to the beginning of our abstract thought and process that would continue for thousands of years up to the present day. There is also evidence that we started to make use of a variety of land and marine resources such as tortoise, seals, dolphins and shellfish. The amount of shellfish found suggested that people would collect them from the shore before taking them back to the cave to eat. Recovered sufficiently from the Toba eruption, anatomically modern humans or Homo sapiens sapiens began to make the trek northwards, like their previous ancestors reaching the Middle East 60,000 years ago. From there, we started a long process in colonizing the globe. And in the next part, we will look at this journey and the implications that it will have on the existing inhabitants, such as Homo erectus and Homo neanderthalensis. Plus, the climate is still proceeding, along like a roller coaster before it finally settles down by the end of the Pleistocene. So join us next time when we look at the period 50,000 BC to uh, 10,000 BC. And here is the news, the new thing that happened. It was published in June 2017. So it is what published long after I originally recorded this for the YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm looking at Nature, the International Journal of Science. The uh, headline is New Fossils from Jebel Irhud, Morocco, and the Pan-African Origin of Homo Sapiens. I'm going to read you the abstract so you understand how important this is. Fossil evidence points to an African origin of Homo Sapiens from a group called either Homo heidelbergensis or Homo rhodesiensis. Just like we said earlier in the episode. However... The exact place and time of the emergence of Homo sapiens remains obscure because the fossil record is scarce and the chronological age of many key specimens remains uncertain. In particular, it is unclear whether the present-day modern morphology rapidly emerged approximately 200,000 years ago among earlier representatives of Homo sapiens or evolved gradually over the last 400,000 years. Here we report newly discovered human fossils from Jebel Hood, Morocco, and interpret the affinities of the hominins from this site with other archaic and recent human groups. We identified a mosaic of features including facial, mandibular, and dental morphology that aligns the Jebel Hood material with early or recent anatomically modern humans and more primitive neocranial endocranial morphology in combination with an age of 315,000 
take or give 34,000 years, as determined by thermoluminescence dating. This evidence makes Jebel Irhud the oldest and richest African Middle Stone Age hominin site. That documents early stages of the Homo sapiens clade in which key features of modern morphology were established. Furthermore, it shows that the evolutionary process behind the emergence of Homo sapiens involved the whole African continent. I'll include a link to this in the show notes. Please uh, like, subscribe and share on our YouTube channel, Fan of History. Give us reviews on iTunes. If you can, that would be super awesome and would help this podcast survive. The best way to do that, of course, is patreon.com slash fan of history. Um, you only pay for episodes published after this series. So, and you only pay for uh, episodes that are published. So you choose a dollar amount to give per episode. If you give us one dollar per episode, we will be super happy. You can reach me on Twitter at Dan Horning. Thank you for listening to Fan of History. And next time we'll talk about 50,000, 10,000 BC. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.